Welcome to the Universal Sisterhood Podcast. We're hoping to create a place where women can delve deeper, lift their gaze higher, live freer, laugh louder, smile brighter, and be the authentic woman they were designed to be. Every human heart is created to be known, loved, and understood. So this is the place where women can share their stories. Welcome to episode 35. On today's episode, Liv and I chat about where we've been. We've been missing in action for the last few weeks, months. Um, Everything from Japan to scuba diving to onsens and my trip to Tassie, uh, herniated discs, Um, but primarily to get back to that we are the beloved daughters of God and that he shows us little love notes every day throughout the day if we just open our eyes and see them, even a herniated C7 disc. Um, I hope you enjoy the podcast. Uh, You can follow along. At the end, we talk about um, the Blessed Is She Advent Christmas Journal, um, which um, we start on the 1st of December. Um, Follow along on the Blessed Is She Australia Facebook page or on um, my Instagram page. It's called All the Generations um, from Genesis to You. It is going to open your heart. It's going to restore your family, restore your wounds. Um, It's just going to be such a beautiful journey and a present that we are going to unpack every day throughout Advent and Christmas. So follow us over there or at Universal Sisterhood um, Instagram page. I hope you enjoy the um, episode. Bye. Hello, my long lost sister. Hello. Now that we've established why I'm an art teacher and not a tech guru, we can start. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Oh, dear. I don't know why I'm a podcaster. Oh, anyhow, we're here. Never mind. We've we've worked out the issue, and we're here. Um, and how are you? It's been uh, a long time between drinks. It has. It has. It's been. Um, I think I've burnt the candle at both ends, but I am continuously grateful for the life I live. And um, yeah, we just have to, you know, do one day at a time at the moment. It's very busy, but every day is a blessing, and um, I'm here. So I'm gonna. I think our, I think hour to hour is my outlook at the moment. I know. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um. Mm. Once again, doing this in the car, in between pick up and drop off to a birthday party. So, yeah. Well, I'm in my cupboard um, <laughs> with okay. children locked out, locked outside, uh, not allowed to come in or come anywhere near me for the next hour. <laughs> Don't worry, I have left them food and water. They are very safe. Uh, they just can't disturb me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get to it because we time is precious. Um, mm-hmm. So, where have you been? What's been happening? Well, I I have just been. So, what we're going to talk about um, where we've been and is is this what, what right? And, looks, and... Yeah, what life looks like at the moment and where are you seeing God? Yeah. Okay. So, I have literally just got back on Friday night from two days um, on Sydney Harbour. My year 11 mm. class were getting their scuba diving licence and um, so we camped down there for two days and it was 
it was beautiful. It was amazing. And I think, you know, I think the moment I found God on that trip was standing on a cliff at La Perouse. Um, mm. I was looking down into the ocean because I was shore support. They kept saying shore support. <laughs> what do you mean shore support? Well, I didn't scuba dive. I was looking after the kids who didn't do it. So I was okay. supporting. I was on the shore supporting those children. Anyway, uh-huh. this this one afternoon I was standing up high on a cliff overlooking them, taking photos of them. And mm-hmm. it was just a moment of of beauty. Like it was it was beautiful, beautiful blue skies, um, very hot, but it was blowing a gale. And I was just looking at the kids below in the ocean below and looking out to the horizon and just the feeling of that wind on my body, on my face, in my hair, and just it was just a real moment of wow the might of god like tangible yeah the beauty in front of me and and just feeling like the the wind was so strong and just that physical it was a real you know he was present um yeah i think i think the more you realize how that you are his beloved the more you see his love notes everywhere like Mm. in the wind in like even last night i was taking my son for those ridiculous 120 hours of driving Oh, and yeah, um, the sunset was so beautiful and I thought okay if you're whispering I love you in the sky I'm happy to sit here in the car yeah. with with Leadfoot yeah. Larry yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah so you have to be able to notice you've got to be aware I think yeah absolutely and I think um you know I well not I didn't do it but I, I sort of had that physical feeling of, you know, that um, fine line between life and death. Or I suppose, I suppose you you see your mortality in front of you. Like mm-hmm. these children, I, I of the nine, only five of them completed it, and um, oh, the really? four who didn't. Yeah, the four who didn't. I was so proud of them because they all did their first pool dive, um, but two of them. Um, stopped there because just the that overwhelming sense of claustrophobia um one the the wetsuits were five mil thick and they came right up to their chin and uh, you know up to their forehead in a hood and and then the mask and all of that and they just lost it you know it was just that yeah and they just said I can't handle it that fear you know it was constant fear and then Mm -hmm. the next two went and did their first Oh, they did one ocean dive, which was great. And then on their second one, it was just bitterly cold. It was uh, 15 degrees. They didn't have a lot of body fat on them, these two guys. And Mm. um, they just went hypothermic and they were freezing. And I just thought, wow, you know, they're, you know, and for me as a teacher on the sidelines thinking, please, God, no sharks, you know, like I can't deal with that today. Mm. And just, you know, your mortality, like you, you face it, you know, I've been facing mine a lot lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, even myself, like on on tomorrow morning at 6 in the morning, we leave for Vanuatu, the same group of kids, and um, we go over there and we're building a water tank for a poor village um, mm. for the first three days. And then the next four days they continue their scuba licence and um, they do a few dives in the reefs over there, which is an incredible experience for them um, and yeah. for me going over. But... Um, again, like this is the first time I have flown internationally without my family and the fear of what could happen and me leaving them behind is real. 
Um, So in mass this morning, that was my biggest prayer. Keep me safe. Keep my family safe. So I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we all face fears all the time, but we have to find those moments in in everything we do um, that are blessings that, you know, God has put there you know, put us in those situations for a reason and to find the beauty in them. Mm-hmm. And chance. But nothing's what, sorry? By chance. No, that's right. That's right. And I'm sure, um, you know, whenever I see a sunset, um, as an art teacher, I just see the, you know, God's palette. And, and I'm sure I'll see many of those overseas. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was just a, it was, it was a beautiful um it was a tough experience the last couple of days, and I'm sure the next week will be really tough as well in in certain ways. Um, but yeah, I have to see it as a gift and an opportunity, and to help myself find God and and also these children to mm. maybe get them to see the bigger picture. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And the other the other thing, the other reason I haven't seen you was. Um, we were lucky enough last month to go to Japan to the World Rugby World Cup, and um, yeah, I saw the biggest takeaway from that was just the was respect, absolute overwhelming respect of the Japanese people for themselves, for others, and for their country. It was just mm. so so obvious, so tangible, um, and it had a huge impact. I think. Um, it, you know, overall, like it was extremely clean country. I felt so safe. Um, I, their respect for tourists. I mean, there were a lot of tourists there for the world cup was overwhelming. They couldn't do enough to help us. Um, isn't, isn't hospitality such an attractive, um, for, oh. for people to be generous and kind and welcoming. It's so attractive. It was beautiful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It really was. And the other thing that stopped me in my tracks was, the femininity of the women. Um, I I actually felt a bit, because we took jeans over thinking, oh, it's, you know, towards the end of autumn over there, it'll be getting a bit chilly. Um, It was so humid. It was so the opposite. I got that wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, But we did have a pair of shorts. You obviously didn't ask, hey, Google. (laughs) No, well, I did. I did, but I just presumed the weather would drop off pretty quickly in the two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we had a pair of shorts because we stopped in at Hong Kong on the way home. So we pretty much lived in one pair of shorts each. And just that was like I didn't see another, I saw tourists, but not a, not a single Japanese woman in a pair of shorts in that heat. Wow. They, were, they were dressed so, like probably 80% of them were just modestly feminine in beautiful linen, you know, skirts and Colots and just mm. just beautiful, mm. understated but just elegant. Um, and then maybe twenty percent, ten twenty percent were the opposite. They were sort of um, going against the grain in black. You know, sort of that. Those kind gothic. of like those anime type characters that they draw. Exactly, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, bordering on punk kind of thing. Um, but overwhelmingly, majority were feminine. And um, I must admit I just, when. When we were there a few years ago, um, my husband kept telling me to go into one of those onsens, you know, those bars, yes, public yeah, yeah, bars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the, so we we went twice. So the first time he said, come on, you've got to. I said, no, I do not want to go in a public bath with 
you know, in my birthday suit. No, thank you. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I don't. Yeah. I, I, the, my biggest fear was sitting on a stool that somebody else had sat on. You know, <laughs> I thought, no, <laughs> I do not want to sit on some used stool and and that soap was, up. That was the least of my worries. It was yeah, getting in the birthday suit. <laughs> anyway, he finally convinced. He said, you know, if when in Rome, do as the Romans. So when in yeah. Japan, you've got to you've got to try it at least. And I thought, oh, yeah. all right. You know, be vulnerable. Right, here I go, and so I, I, um, as brave as I was, I dragged my then fifteen-year-old daughter, and mm. um, uh, by the grace of God, she came. I couldn't believe it. Mm. Anyway, mm. I said, okay. One of my conditions was I'll do it, but I want it to be an authentic onsen. I do not want to be commercial onsen in a hotel with you know foreigners. I would like to yeah. submerge me in the culture. If I'm going to do it, I want to be in. So yeah. he, he found this remote um, village in the in the Alpine region um, and he said to me before we went, I'll meet you out here in an hour. And I said, an hour? I, I'm going to be done in 10 minutes. I'm not going to be in there any longer than 10 minutes. Anyway, I it absolutely floored me. The, the um, respect they had for themselves, their bodies, mm. um, there were all shapes and sizes, all ages and stages, and they were so quietly uh, respectful and confident of and respectful for what God had given them, I've sensed. Like they were very, mm. uh, no one was what, on what display. What Buddha had given them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was this sense of my, in my head I kept saying, yes, my body is a temple of spirit. Um, mm. I, I have mm. to honour it. I shouldn't. I, I keep shaming it. I'm, I'm, I'm always trying to do more at the gym and I don't like the way I look. And, you know, I've got a love handle here and a, and a saddlebag there and some tuck shop arms <laughs> here, you know. I, yeah. I, I'm constantly beating myself up for what I look like when really yeah. God thinks I'm perfect. He created, yeah. he gave me those things. Um, yeah. And, and it, it absolutely changed my perspective of of what God has given me and how I should actually respect it yeah. uh, because of yeah. the way they showed me um, yeah. In, yeah. in a very roundabout sort of way. <laughs> and the hour, I, I didn't want to leave, I, you know. Yeah. He was there waiting for me to come out. <laughs> I did. I um... <laughs> So you did take me up on it, did you? Did you go? I did. I did. To those listening, Jess uh, convinced me to go to one as well. And I wasn't as lucky. I didn't convince my daughter to join me. You didn't have um, the, the snow falling alpine, you know. No. Heavy, the snow heavy alpines out with the no, moon, no. full moon. Oh, no, I walked, I walked a few kilometres on my own to get there. So by the time I got there, I was so hot. It was, I was, it was so humid over there. I can't even explain it. Hmm. And then to go into a hot bath, like 45 degrees was a killer. But anyway, it was the only thing remotely the same as yours was that it was very authentic. It was in the back streets of a little um, suburb, I suppose, in Kyoto. And, um, yeah, it wasn't salubrious. But when I got in there, I said to the man, I've got my Google Translate out, and I said, can I purchase a towel, please? Can I buy a towel? Hmm. So I handed over the money and I was given this tea towel, you know, nothing. <laughs> it wasn't bigger than a tea towel. I thought, wow, that's not going to dry very much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but um, I remembered you saying that you you were given a washer and you've got to scrub yourself first and then you put the washer on your head. Yeah, the washer can't <laughs> touch the water. 
yeah so anyway I in my um, self-consciousness I suppose I was there was two rooms one where all your gear was kept and then the bathing Mm. room yeah and I there's these two women in the dry room and I thought oh my gosh I've got to get undressed in front of these women (laughs) so I you know it was the longest take your jewelry off in the world I'm like taking the watch off at snail's pace praying that these women would leave (laughs) for the next onslaught (laughs) anyway I and they didn't leave so I said um excuse me, do I get changed here or in that room? They couldn't understand. So I thought, okay, just, you know, make or break. I accidentally stole some poor old lady's basket of washing goods and she kind of ran after me. with. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Yeah, well, anyway, I braved the situation and donned the birthday suit. And um, anyway, cut a long story short, I used the minute micro mini towel as my washer (laughs) And there I was in the hot bath, and then I and then with the washer on my head, the towel. I'm, and I when, thought, when did the oh penny drop? Goodness. Yeah, the penny dropped. I'd used the towel as the washer, and I didn't have a towel. <laughs> you could, you should have seen me. Here you are. You couldn't get out of it. I I sat there for fifteen minutes thinking, how the hell am I going to dry myself? <laughs> and then, I, and then before anyone else, there was already two women in there. I thought before anyone else comes in, I've got to embarrass myself in front of more. I'm getting the hell out of it. You're going to hot foot it out of there. Yeah, I wrung the the micro mini towel out to within an inch of its life and shammed myself dry with it and ran home, <laughs> dripping wet still. Oh my gosh! But you're right. Oh. It was an acute sense of my like of my self of my body yeah, of my yeah. you know and I was consciously of aware humanity of I think I, I felt I had this real sense of this it and yes it is just a shell and this shell yeah. takes you through life and it's it's what you do with this what you do with your body what you put into it to put good things into it um mm. primarily yeah god yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a temple of the Holy Spirit to so look after it, but it will only take you so far. Yeah, yeah, um, yes. Yeah, was... no, well, I I had that overwhelming sense of self-consciousness and it was in such contrast to these women who just didn't have a care in the world. They were so comfortable in their own skin. Mm. But um, they weren't, and... uh, I don't know about you, but the ones that were there with me, it, it was no, no one was on display. Everyone was very yeah. quietly refined and dignified and um, they kept to themselves. No one was, it, it wasn't voyeuristic, put it that way. Mm. No, but I'm sure they went home and had a laugh with whoever cared to listen to their story about me with <laughs> yeah, no me, towel. Well, me too. I, I saw this old lady's <laughs> thing that she came running after me in all her birthday glory uh, to snatch the basket off me, which I was kissing as I cover. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Anyway, so that's not what we were going to talk about, but that was a good side anyway. Yeah, but like just going back to it, it was um like feminism I I just saw like the feminism that is so prevalent in the west. I just felt that it wasn't there in there was mm. femininity there, but feminism is a very different thing and the the male and the female role were just respected, mm. I, I felt. Um, you know, some people say that it goes too far the other way, that, you know, the the feminine and male roles are controlled so much. But 
I found it beautiful. I just found the respect there for each other and and look, you know, there's quite a lot of people with kooky hair pieces and cutesy this and cutesy that, but no one laughed. It was mm. it was it was all respected. But mm. yeah, I just I just found the beauty and the feminine over there was just lovely. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. That, mm. yeah. Um well, and you've been on your own trip. You've been away too. Well, I've been on my own journey, really. Like, mm. I've had a, I've had a, an interesting five weeks. I, mm. I herniated a disc in my spine, which has knocked me mm. uh, the wind. Um, yeah, horrific. It's still going, still ongoing. I know. Never mind. Um, there is a reason for You're emptying purgatory, aren't you? <laughs> I hope so. There better not be. Any- in there by the time I get there um (laughs) but but I have um I we my husband and I went uh he planned this trip to Tassie to do a a trek it's a four-day trek um and I was really looking forward to it because I I find that God really speaks to me through nature through beauty um Mm. I mean I had my first kind of not come to Jesus moment, but, but my, when I really understood his love for me, the heart of the father was when I was in Uluru uh, Mm. with that beauty and just looking at such um, unadulterate, you know, unspoiled beauty. It's transcendent Mm. beauty. It takes you beyond yourselves. It takes you to God. It leads you, it leads your thoughts higher um, yeah, because love always leads us out. It, it it took me out of myself, and I thought, you know what? I cannot wait to go back to experience it again. That was my top moment. Um, and mm. I always go back to that when I have doubts and when I'm worried. Just like oh, he is a faithful father. If he can do that, if he can create such beauty, he can do anything. Um, yeah, so I was really looking forward to going back down to Tassie and having a similar kind of experience but my plans yep. were thwarted when mm. uh, I slipped my disc I, I herniated my disc um so I really wanted to go despite uh my pain um so we went I had a cortisone injection um the day before so that kind of numbed me for two days um oh. yeah and um but it was interesting. I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked after seeing you. I thought there's no way you could go. And I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Thought you were mad but wasn't surprised. Yeah, I know. <laughs> for punishment. But um, I had read this beautiful book. Um, I actually finished it the day I herniated my disc, uh, which is no surprise. Things don't happen by chance. And it's called mm. The Heart of Perfection by Colleen Carroll Campbell and it's how the saints taught me to trade my dreams of perfection for God's and it she goes on to say how um how spiritual perfectionism is so dangerous um because we don't have to be perfect to be loved um and we, and we kind of get in this toxic cycle of pride and sin and shame and blame and despair to sorts to sorts our vision and our faith it dulls it um just how we have to see things through christ he loves us what's and all and how um I'm, I'm always being being crippled in a, in a way with my neck i can't do things i can't 
have the perfect, you know, house and I can't pick up those, you know, it's really stopped me and to actually think, okay, it's all right to leave it like that. You know, he's not going to love me any less because my house is a mess or mm. my kids are not going to love me any less because I haven't <clears throat> cleaned up or, um, yeah, it was so good for me. It was perfect timing. Um, yeah. Anyway. And you have always been, um, function better with a clean house you know totally. I mean? like, but it's more yeah. like striving I think I've, I've now seen right. that it's it's not my kind of um strength it's actually a weakness and mm-hmm. I was more I was trying I was striving to, to be to please when really I just have to stop and abide and rest in his love and rest that knowing that um I have to all the time I can fail and I, I am weak and I feel so weak at the moment. Like I can't even grade a carrot without being pain. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, but it's really teaching me a lesson. Like yeah, I'm no less loved, you know, mm. being weak. And I read something beautiful the other day. I don't know who said it and I don't know where, but it said God uses the small brushes to create the most beautiful artworks. Mm. Um, and I'm that small brush. <laughs> I'm very small. Yeah. I'm like that tiny brush that only has a few hairs on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas, you know, I try to be the big brush, like the, yeah. the, the wall, the painting brush. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The roller. The fox tail <laughs> with the, the thousands. Yeah. I've realised I'm not. I'm that tiny little brush with the five hairs. Um, yeah. And he's trying to create a masterpiece and I just have to let him. Um, yeah. Because if you look around, I, I've, being in Tassie, being in that nature, looking around, he is he is awesome. Like it's mm. stunning what he can do. And it's, when you immerse yourself in beauty, you realise how beautiful he must be, God must be. Because mm. um, mm. it stirs the heart. It's just, you know, it leads us to the creator. Because if you can create that, it creates such beautiful landscapes and vast oceans and the colours and the richness of the, just even the shapes of the rocks and it's just spectacular. And he did that for me. Like if I was the only person in the world, he would have done that. Mm, And I find that amazing. Well, you said before, awesome, and you are like in when you see those landscapes, you are in awe. Mm. It is awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it awe awe inspiring. It kind of like it makes you step back and think, wow, like, mm. um, and it kind of made me think about women. Like, I had this really so we so I'll just explain it. We went on this trek. So you're on. I think they they allow forty eight people a day to do this track. And um, yeah. our group was pretty small. We only had 21, which was fantastic. Um, yeah. But you pass other groups. Like on day two, you pass the, the people that are ahead of you. So you get to see yeah. and then and then you see the group coming in anyway. So I, on one day, you actually see two lots of groups passing by. And mm. my husband said to me that night, he said, did you notice? He said, there are so many women doing this. And I said, no, I didn't notice. He said, there's, there's groups of women. Um, 
where are the men? And I said, oh, that's because women are made, we're hardwired for, for hard, mm. you know, for difficult. We, we, we struggle, we, we can produce, we make children and push them out through our bodies, yeah. kind of, you know. Yeah. And he goes, no, nah, I don't think it's that. We're tough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I said, <laughs> and I was like, oh, of course it's that. I'll show you. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, um, so I was thinking about it lying there trying to sleep with everyone else's noise snoring and a group of women laughing and um I thought yeah what is it there are a lot of women um and I just thought it was the you know we are tough and then the next day um 58 49 kilometer trek the next day this Mm. um guy comes zooming past us dripping in sweat you know got his tiny shorts on and He's got his bum, bum. <laughs> and I looked at Pat and I said, "Yeah, you're right. That, that's hard. That's tough. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah that's tough. Yeah. Um, resilience. But, mm. Yeah, resilience. I thought, yeah. Yes. If you look at marathons and triathlons and you know the things that they push your body to the limits, it's mainly men that do those kind of things. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, next day, I saw another guy. The same thing." He was running up the, like, it was probably a metre wide, um, rocky, 300 metres vertical cliff face. Um, no no barricade. The wind was roaring. And I and he's there running up. I'm there wobbling up. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's tough. And I thought, what, he's doing that for himself, though. <laughs> I was being pretty critical. But I mm. thought I thought he's he's proving he's being a hero. He's being he's he's living into that kind of masculine, um, dare I say it, um, you know, Superman kind of mode. Mm. Mm. Um, and I did keep nursing all these women, and it dawned on me that maybe. And the women were in groups, whereas the men were solo. These two men were by themselves. They were doing it on their own, proving to themselves. The women were in groups and they were, like, just absolutely absorbed in nature and beauty. And I thought women... And companionship. Yeah. Women crave community, connection, community, and they crave authentic beauty. And they were having both um, in one spot. And I thought... It's so important to to be able to um, show authentic beauty, and that's not just like experience it. Yeah, yeah. true beauty because it stirs our hearts, um, and women are yearning for more. I think more so yeah. than men, because we were made to be beautiful, and we've been given this kind of um, counterfeit lie of of what beauty is and it's not attractive like this botox puffed up perfect it's not attainable and it's not attractive Mm. Uh, that's that's my personal opinion do you agree or not oh i do i i um we were recently at a a morning tea with some friends and the next to us on the table next to us was a bridal shower and we all noticed it was actually sad it wasn't it wasn't even that we were being critical, but she was so puffed up in the lips. Hmm. I just thought, how sad. Like, it's her big day, probably the following week. 
and she had these enormous lips and I just it just made me sad thinking that she thought you know that was better than her true beauty mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um I know I'm, I mean look you know we all wouldn't <laughs> we, 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 we all wouldn't mind a nip, and tuck, face, but... a nip and tuck here and there yeah look I you could shave a bit off my thighs and I would like some wrinkles taken away but you know that's not that's not who I am mm. and you have to accept yourself that this is this is this is me, <laughs> uh, but it's true. You know, women um, women are drawn to to beauty, whether it's a fake beauty or a real beauty. We are drawn to that. Um, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and beauty comes in in many forms, and it depends on your focus, I suppose. What what you're looking, you know, at, and if you want to see beauty, you will see. If you want to see real beauty, you will see it. Mm. Um, you will find it in in real things authentic <laughs> authentic that's the word mm. um but sadly some don't mm. i know i, anyway. I was, i'm reading captivating which is unveiling the mystery of soul by john and mm. stacy eldridge and um he goes on to say how lucifer was beautiful he's now in glory brightness radiance mm. but mm. it was his his self-absorbed beauty that destroyed him um, mm. and he is on a mission to destroy real beauty and that's why he most especially hates Eve and that's why he tempted Eve. Um, he wanted to destroy God is beauty um, mm. Mm. and it says here, uh, I don't know if I'm, tell me if I'm rambling. Just read this bit. It says, the evil one also hates Eve because she gives life. Women give birth, not men. Women nourish life and they also bring life into the world soulfully, relationally, spiritually and in everything they touch. Satan was a murderer from the beginning, John eight forty four. He brings death. He is a kingdom of death. Ritual sacrifices, genocide, holocaust, abortions, those are his ideas. Eve is his greatest human threat, for she brings life. She's a lifesaver and a life giver. Eve means a life producer. Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. And you put those two things together, that Eve incarnates the beauty of God and she gives life to the world. Satan's bitter heart cannot bear it. He assaults her with a special hatred. Um, And I just want, like, you see how um, beauty can be used for such good and such evil yeah um, yeah because yep. satan goes after uh, women especially and i, I think mm. it's it's really important that we we understand and we restore our femininity and it's not a curse it's a gift mm. yeah it is and that's kind it of is. what that's kind of what i took away from walking four days in in Tasmania. Oh, and snakes. Yeah, I was going to say, what about that? <laughs> well, I have an absolute of snakes. Like snakes are my, yeah, enemy. Mm. One, because I hate snakes. And now that I've come to the fact that the devil is depicted as a snake, I can see why I hate snakes so much. Yeah. Um, walking through 
these landscapes we got to a this is day two and I was just soaking up the beauty it was like I can't describe it and I didn't take any photos because of what I'm about to tell you but it mm. was very like we just come out of this scrub and we're on a cliff top down a flat kind of plain area and it the ground it was carpeted in these tiny little pink yellow white flowers these natives these wildflowers so beautiful um with these little um wooden uh, walkway what do you call yeah. those wooden tracks okay um uh, broad walk broad walks yeah so this board walk was through went for about i don't know i don't know anyway all these low-lying um uh, native wildflowers and it was stunning, absolutely i was just looking at them just marveling at how God had created this and then all of a sudden um, we got off the boardwalk and we were on this gravel road still with flowers and this snake shoots out probably two metres in front of us across the path. Well, I was shattered. My whole, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I shook them for like 10 minutes. I could not control my legs. They would not stop moving and I said a few, profani- uh... few profanities and... Um, <laughs> I was devastated that mm. Jake had encroached on my beautiful experience. experience. Yeah, because I was, mm. I could no longer enjoy it. All I did was look at the ground, um, look from side to side. No wonder my neck was in such a state by the end of mm. it. I was like swivel neck for the next five hours looking out for snakes. Um, and I didn't see one. Then the next morning we set off and all I could think about was snakes. Um, Can I just stop you? We've gone over half an hour. Um, yeah, no, this is fine. Okay, yeah. sorry. Um, and um, I said, um, hang on. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, I saw a snake, another snake the next morning. But it was to the side and I thought, okay, look, I'm brave. That's all right. It, it went away. That wasn't too bad. And I thought, oh, gosh, I'm becoming more resilient. This is good. Then we were walking up these steps and my husband, and I was right behind him because I, I thought if he's in front, he'll see the snakes and I'll, I'll be fine. So I was I'll like, <laughs> yeah, in step, right, with him, hmm. like one step hmm. behind him. And he stepped. And as I'm stepping, I said, yeah stepped over a snake as I'm stepping over the snake right and he said oh I didn't see it anyway it went into the this rock rocky crevice and we're up at the top of this amazing mountain he said let's just sit here for half an hour and read a book and you know just soak it in I'm thinking are you kidding me I want to get as far away from here as possible like there are snakes everywhere anyway I Mm. just he ignored me rightly so because I was being a baby and um (laughs) I sat there and I thought, okay, let's just, I have to change my thought because this is going to ruin the whole experience. If all I do is think about what could happen and the fear and because it can be so, as you said about those kids, the scuba diving, fear can be so debilitating and just Mm. destroy you. And you, you can't see what he has prepared for you because you're exactly where the enemy wants you, stuck in your fear and thinking nothing's going to get better and this is terrible 
um, you lose focus and you lose hope, I think. And I felt that so profoundly. And I thought, okay, that's it. No, I'm going to correct my thoughts. This is, this is going to be all right. I have to look up. And, and it's so true. Lifting your gaze changes everything. When you look yeah. up out of the mess and the mud and the, the squalor and, the, you know, the pain, mm. uh, your perspective changes. Yeah, and true. Walking back down, like that was we stepped over, was back in its spot, and my husband almost stepped on it, and it mm. went for him. Like it literally, it literally leapt in front of him. So I'm stuck up the rock and he's down and the snake's between us. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, didn't I just change my <laughs> I'm going to live here now for the rest of my life. I'm not walking over it. <laughs> I've only got one, you know, um, oh. bar, but that's okay. Oh. I can live on that. <laughs> Um, Tell the rescue helicopter come. <laughs> well, I was thinking, where would a helicopter land up here? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'd have to like throw down a winch, and I'd have to connect it to myself. I like oh. e- every scenario went through my head. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but uh, it did him. Like it went for him, but it didn't get him. Mm. Yeah. And I thought, yeah. okay, yeah. all right. What lesson I'm learning here? <laughs> Mm. It's it's okay to be frightened, but to realize that he's a good father and you can trust him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyway, that's that story. And, but and isn't then, it funny? Mm-hmm. You know, just the analogy of the snake, um, being a physical representation of the devil. Mm. Um, you know, like he was stealing that experience, that beautiful experience from you. Um, even, and you know, your sole purpose of this trip was to have another encounter with God within nature. Mm. But before you even got to Tassie, you had issues, you missed your plane, you missed the boat, you know, all these things. Like it was like, he was attacking you from the beginning. He did not want you to have that encounter yet. Mm. You know, praise God, you overcame that. And you did, you had a lovely time despite, (laughs) despite every, every single obstacle. And he is there, like, he's not, he's not a lot. Like he, he is the father of all lies and he gives you doubts and puts things in your way and just tries to prevent you from actually knowing the true heart of, of God. And yeah. if we can <clears throat> ignore that and, and cling to that hope, I mean, I still feel hopeless, oh, not hopeless, but I still feel sore and, you know, I haven't changed my, my problem. My, my pain has slightly incre- uh, decreased, but, I'm still there five weeks later, yeah. but my whole yeah. perspective has changed. Like I, I still have to keep saying he's a good father. Like this is okay, yeah. but it is yeah. daily, hourly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. It's horrendous. I mean, even last night, I I think I was crying for. What are you doing? Why isn't this God? You know. Yeah. But that yeah. stopped me from knowing that he's with me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. He he asks his toughest soldiers to no, his strongest soldiers to fight his toughest battles. So you're you're one of them. Oh, I don't <clears> know about that. I'm just that little paintbrush <laughs> with a few fuzzy hairs. Who <laughs> <laughs> thought she was a roller? <laughs> this roller was going to get that room done. No, I'm that little oh, paintbrush that's going to take decades. <laughs> 
<laughs> to make that masterpiece. Uh, um, well, but I so did... that's why we've been busy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But beauty and wonder are inseparable. I mean, I just watching the sunsets and the sunrises and the intricate flowers and just the beauty of that and thinking, wow, yeah, that, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, and oh. I think, you know, we've just described three wonderful trips and, and experiences, but we have to learn to <clears throat> find that beauty in, in our everyday as well. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I paying special attention to simple beauty changes everything because it becomes a gift. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it makes us more human. It makes us more appreciative. It makes us more connected, I think, with each other. Yeah, just the seasons in our own gardens, you know. The, the beautiful gifts that God gives us each season in, in the foliage and the plants and <clears throat> the flowers and, and mm. seeing it as well stripped bare during winter. And sometimes we're asked to be stripped bare like that and, and flourish again in the next season. Mm. So, you know, there are seasons of good and seasons of struggle. and mm. um, Seasons and of just, hard. But that doesn't yeah. mean they're not beautiful. That's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because real beauty causes us to move outward. So whether it yeah. is, it is actually a, a <clears throat> an uplifting season, or a, yeah. if it is beautiful, if it is full of beauty, it will make you come out of yourself, even though it's hard. Yeah, I just going back to, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it. I don't think you mentioned it today, but we have talked about your trip previously, and you said the group of women you saw on your trip were very. Um, very earthy you know like real earth mm. mums mm. and um oh, I like that you know those smurfers from Byron Bay yeah exactly yeah, gorgeous exactly. women full of yeah salt of the earth you know yep. and 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 there's a lot of that in in the art and craft um scene there's a massive resurgence of this love for organic wares and mm. getting back to nature and and everything's you know the materials are and the textiles are very um they're all natural. There's no, no polyester, and there's no, um, you know, they're all back to basics, and and I've seen that in a lot of my girlfriends who are absolutely brilliant artists, brilliant, beautiful people, have this deep uh, respect and love for nature, mm. but somehow they're missing. They don't have that connection with God, and um, and I, I, I question why all the time because I find God in nature. A lot like you do you know I see mm-hmm. I see the beauty he's given me through nature I suppose and and I connect to him that way but I think how do these women not not find God and it's the same with David Attenborough and I've said this before on a podcast it blows my mind that he he is one of you know he's probably the person in the world who sees the intricacies of nature the most out of anyone or has mm-hmm. has experienced that beauty at its absolute best and yet he doesn't believe in God and I and I question that. I think how how can he not? You know, how do you? What do you think? You know, yeah, how do you well, answer that? How does he? I, I I don't know, but I think um, true beauty stirs our hearts and makes us think higher. Like when we see something that is so beautiful, you think like creation. Whoever created mm. this must be so beautiful because this is. Um, it mm. kind of it lifts your thoughts. It makes you think it on yourself. 
And I think yeah. sometimes that can be confronting because it so they stop there. Like yeah. it, it yes. is beautiful and it's mother nature how it was. And that's, you know, that's in its natural form because it's authentic beauty. But we it makes us think beyond that. Like if this creation is beautiful, who is the creator? Who created it? Where did it come from? Everything mm. comes from something. Nothing, you know, the world, yeah. nothing comes from nothing. Everything comes yeah, from something. Yeah, and I suppose. Yeah, and I, I think it can be confronting. So you, they stop yeah. there because otherwise you've got to think deeper. Well, who is the creator? Who created yeah. this? Um, yeah, so whether mm. they make uh, creation the idol and not the creator, um, yeah. yeah, it's safer that way. Yeah, I suppose if they acknowledge the creator, then they have to look at their own conscience as well and that's mm. too scary sometimes, mm. you know, their own. Mm. But beauty redeems and, and restores and heals. Like, and, and you see that with, with all these organic, you know, eat, eat organic food and eat, you know, wear organic, organic nat- yeah, natural fibres and things because it will, you know, not take away from you. Like it won't cause cancers. You know what I'm getting at. Yeah, it's, it's good for the environment. It's, it's good, good for, for you. It's yeah. Good for, yeah. And, that, and that, that is just on a purely superficial level how, how beauty and nature restores and heals and redeems and makes things new. Um, mm. But there's more to it than that. Yeah. On the yeah. spiritual level. Um, mm. anyway, it's a good, but, it's a good thought anyway to process and ponder, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. If, if God can create such beauty, imagine what he can create. Imagine what he, he will do with and for me if I let him. If I if I become so um, open to him just moulding me the way he wants because he is, beauty, he is beauty and if I let him, imagine the beauty that he, the masterpiece he'll create with my life instead of me trying to control it all the time and spilling the paint pot and mixing the wrong colours and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> with the tiny brush yeah or that oh no think I'm so much better and bring out the big big guns and put a big smudge all over it <laughs> yeah mm. it's all about calling that. me to give that uh, my beauty to the world and my beauty may not be aesthetic beauty it, it's beauty that comes from within that comes out mm. Mm. well anyway. on that note on Tell that me. note your beauty at the moment, I can see, is mm. is my joy of the week. And tell me, um, well, <laughs> Jess has recently put out a call to anyone who would like to um, buy a journal from Blessed Is She in America, and I put my hand up straight away, and I can't wait for them to arrive. But they've um, arrived. They just, They're here. They have. They have. I know. We just got to distribute them, but I just. I'm keen to get my hands on it. One, it's an Advent journal, so we participated in the Lenten one too and it was just beautiful. It was, you know, I got up early during Lent and just had 10, 15 minutes reading the passage of the day and the reflection on it and it just helped. It, it gave purpose to my day. It, um, it gave me purpose. Things. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I swore that I would get up early and do it for the rest of the year and, look, I've failed <laughs> miserably. Um, by the time I get in the car with the kids and say my morning offering, we're back on track. But getting up early and, and doing that journal, I plan to start again for Advent when I get hold of this. Um, but, yeah, see, hearing you tell me that they've arrived and you've read a few pages and you said it, it um, was absolutely beautiful. So mm. that brought joy to my week. And that's the gift you are giving all these Australian women. Um, you know, mm. you put out the call and I think you've got 80 orders and lots of women from all over Australia you've never met. And I just think that's a gift you've given us. So thank you. Oh, pleasure. Well, my joy actually comes from the journal as well. A friend, mm. I um, there are more women wanted them than I had anticipated, so I didn't get one. And a oh, you're of, joking? No, you have mine. No, no, no. But a friend of mine who bought one who paid more than everyone else because she had to have international shipping to Hong Kong gave me hers. So oh. she brought me such joy. It was so beautiful. So oh, how lovely. Yep, generosity and kindness is goes so. Ha- so did she buy a couple? No, she bought one, but um, she had just by chance texted me while I was posting them all and she said, um, do I owe you more for shipping? I said, no, no, you've paid the most. Um, it's coming. I've just got it now. I've just got to write your name on. And she said, oh, thanks. And I said, um, I'll, can you, you know, in, in Hong Kong, can you print it up for me because I didn't get one? She went, what? She said, you can have mine. I said, oh. oh. I said, but you've paid 50 bucks. And she said, no, you have it. Put it towards all the oh, shipping. Isn't she beautiful? So that brought me such joy. Yeah. Yeah. So shout out to you. Are. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Liv. I suppose we better go and get on with our day. Busy day. Yep. Make we'll your pray life for a masterpiece. My trip tomorrow. Yeah, please pray for my trip tomorrow. I'm a bit I nervous. I will. Okay, Doug. Have right. a lovely week. I'll speak to you on my return. Okay. See ya. See you. Bye.